next legacy. Are you searching for the perfect gift? Or do you just need a unique statement piece for yourself? Well, either way, Denia Azure help you out. What you need is the S4S jewelry collection by Denia Designs for you. S4S stands for Strictly for a Stage. Stand out at your next photo or video shoot. Snag that magazine cover. Go from being a part-time extra to an actor or actress who stays booked. Or just be the talk of the town at every event. The Night is Entry Jewelry is handcrafted and Chicago made for men, women, and children. To start your collection, simply go to www.deniaajour.com. That's www.deniaajour.com. That's www.d-a-n-a-y-a-a-z-u-r-e.c-o-m. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Ooh, the bikes are working. They're nice and hot. I love it. Hello, hello, hello. This is Naya Azure Radio, and I am here with the fabulous, ultimate, beast primus, a.k.a. Yomi Miller. How are you? Can you hear me? Hi. I'm good. Good. Great to hear. So what is going on this day? Trucker life stuff stuck out in this truck. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I was like, "What?" Is- about- huh? You got me for you got me for a solid twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes, Jelly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe thirty. Maybe thirty. Cause that's the job, Carl. They want me to work. Of course. So of course, they want you to work now. See. <laughs> hey, Marvin, yeah. for tuning in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, Ewa. Man, okay, so I so I met Yomi. Oh my god, was it eight years ago now? I think yeah, like eight years ago. Um, we were doing a project with Jobs for Youth, remember? At the corn yeah. place. Way <laughs> more than eight years ago. <laughs> okay, so was it ten years? It might be ten now. Lord have mercy. It's it's been a minute. <laughs> I think that was two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. Was it, damn, was it that long? Seriously? No. Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm off. 13 years. Damn, 13 years? That's a long time. Yeah, I don't I don't see him very often. That's why I don't know this, because I don't see him very often. He'll do things where he'll like go he'll like go away for a couple of years and go do some stuff in the army and not talk to nobody, shut off his phone and things. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> don't do me then. <laughs> but I want you to come in here today because he he does a multitude of things. So, how long have you been in the military now? Every 13 years, March 15th. Wow. So, he's been in the military for 13 years. So, what made you decide to go to the Army? I was 19 and I needed a job. <laughs> but uh, what made me stay is uh, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the benefits, um, having a sense of purpose. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it definitely. You definitely have a sense of purpose, and I think you know because 
you've even talked about some of your missions, you know, that I would have been like, okay, I'm done, but you have been steadfast at it. And, you know, and I think, and thank you for your service, because it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to, um, to work in the military <laughs> and deal with all the craziness. Every year you want to get out. Like, <laughs> after your first term, you just want to get out every year. So you got to find something to keep yourself motivated. Yeah, I understand that one, trust me. <laughs> you know, so, I'll, so the one thing that, that's really interesting for me is that you do, you teach karate now, right? So how, how did you get into karate in the first place? Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles. That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. Really? <laughs> really? That's what we're doing right now? Seriously? No, nah, no. Nah. My mom, I mean, I've always been into it, but uh, because of those kind of TV shows growing up, and my mom put me in a, a manhood class um, by, the, by this guru by the name of um, Calfani River. Hey. Taught how to cook, you know, like they were vegan. Um, and he taught martial arts and he did sports. And it was a bunch of boys there that just was products of single fathers. And he was more than a martial arts instructor. He was like a surrogate father. So that's how I started. And he was teaching African martial arts. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. the, so what is the form that, that you teach now called? Uh, Gojuru Karate. It's uh, one of the oldest styles of karate. I have a third degree black belt in Goju, first degree in Aikido. I have a fourth degree black belt at another school in Goju and an equivalent in Jiu-Jitsu. Insanity. <laughs> yeah, I was with you when you got your, your black belt because I was with you and your mom and your sister and I was like, oh my oh. goodness. Well, I'm not, you cannot, I'm never going to one of those again. That was scary. Oh my goodness. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I broke my hand and my foot that day. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because that was kind of, it was kind of nuts. Hey, Lorelai, how are you? <laughs> but so the the newest thing that you're doing is battle rapping. So how in the world, now you've done everything in the world. How in the world did you get into the world of battle rap? Um, I was in the truck just like this. And, um, I was like, man, I was I was thinking back uh, about being a teenager and I was watching the MTV um, battles. And so I decided to look on YouTube and look for them. And then um, I started looking for them and I found some and I started running through them. And, and, then, um, and then I have a wrestling page uh, that we do competitions on. I'm not really active on there anymore. But one of them was rap battles, and we did written rap battles. And then one day we decided to do a video rap battle where one person drops their video and the other person drops theirs, and then they vote to see who won. And then, like, it was just so many people that saw my video, and it was just like, you need to go battle for real, you know. Wow. So that's, that's when I went to do research to find the battle leagues in the city, like 2016 year. And then I got my first battle in 2017. That's awesome. Like, you know, and I think what what's really dope is that you aren't searching for it. You're just kind of just like, okay, let me just play around with it. But you didn't just jump into it. You actually did research. I think a lot of people will kind of jump into stuff and not pay attention, but you really did some research. That That's dope. Very, very well, I don't want to suck, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that wasn't even an option for you. 
<laughs> You're too active for that. You couldn't suck. That would that wouldn't work out very well. Well, there's a lot of people that don't don't like me, but I'm glad all the people that don't like me can't say I'm trash. <laughs> like they can't say you garbage. They can say they don't like me, but they can you know, Chicago, Chicago is a cutthroat city when it comes to this industry. Right, but if but if you're good at your craft, then you already know that, then you can go somewhere else. You don't have to be here. You feel me? Yeah, you can travel. <laughs> I've did a little bit of traveling. You can travel. I love so a lot of traveling for the army, so. What'd you say again? I said a little bit of traveling for the battle rap, but definitely a lot of it of traveling for the army. How? What countries have you been to now? Um, Korea and Germany, and I've gone to uh, the Virgin Islands and, and uh, Puerto Rico that's and all over the U.S. That's beautiful. Like, that. That's beautiful, you know, and I think the the biggest thing about that is the fact that you're doing this and you're doing it yourself with it. Because it's, it's not easy to be a soldier. It's not easy to sacrifice that much time for the country. No, it's it's draining. Um, it can be draining sometimes. Um, and then, you know, you get into it and it's, it becomes a whirlwind of realizing how many people depend on you, you know, not just in your unit or in the country. So for me to walk around in the hood and my uniform and full of black boys to see that, like I I know like some of them or something. Like they've never seen anybody like that. They never seen a soldier. They never seen anybody come from their neighborhood, their walk of life, and make it out. You know, so wow. um, that's that's an interesting realization to have in this day and age. Whereas, like I remember, I, I kind of coupled it with this other thing. There are kids that are born in like the two thousands, right? And at the age where they were old enough to realize what a president was. The first president they ever saw was Obama. Mm-hmm. You got to understand like the impact that that puts on black kids, that yeah. the first president you ever know in your whole life, first eight years of you realizing what a president is, it's a black dude. You know what I mean? And then like, it blew me away while I was around little kids and I was the first soldier they ever saw that wasn't in the movie. Amazing. So, it, it, that, that little stuff kind of keeps me going. Yeah, you know, and and that's what people don't realize is how much young kids look up to us, and what it means to see us be the first of this or the first of that. You know, um, the the one thing that I know of is that when I went to, when I used to go to different cities for dancing and whatnot, we were like some of the very few black faces these kids ever saw, <laughs> ever, because mm-hmm. most of these towns are predominantly Caucasian. And even though there's still some towns in Illinois, I just went down there with them with Candy like a few months ago. Uh, we were in, oh Lord, I forgot, so, some crazy ass um, southern town. And like, literally, we were the only two black folks in that town in 2018. Wow. Like, we're, we're like, why are they looking at us weird? Oh my God, we're the only people of color in this town, period. Okay. <laughs> and you're educated, you know? You know, you don't fall into the stereotype of, 
what they probably have seen on TV. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a yeah, it was Carthage, it was Carthage, Illinois, which is people are like where? Yeah, Carthage. It's far. It's far down there, wow. and it's crazy. That's like 160 miles or something like that. That's pretty something cool. Like that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Roger. Um, it's you know it's crazy. Huh? Tucker, how you doing? And it's, it's crazy. Hey, Denise, are you coming in? So Denise is supposed to come in because she actually did my shirt. But um, after after we done your interview, but um, hold on one second. Hold on. One second. Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy, but we are um, one minute. Sorry about that. Yeah, so it's calling me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm live. Why do, not, do not call me when I'm live, people. Hello, hello, hello. Um, but yeah, so when you think about the impact that you that you can have on a community, it makes you rethink what you do. I mean, like, Absolutely. you know, and I think, especially when it comes to, you know, when it comes to being in the military, doing karate, because like, you taught a lot of kids. I remember I came to your class and did it twice, and you had a lot of kids in there. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. and to teach kids discipline at that young age is so important. Because yeah. you don't want to use karate as a tool to harm people, but you want to use it as a, as a tool to defend yourself. And you were very, very adamant about that. And I think a lot of these, these young kids don't get that right now. All they do, they see stuff on TV, they see stuff on YouTube, but they don't really understand, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. They don't understand the importance of being patient and being respectful. You're right. What do you think? I remember. Yeah, go ahead. What's your question? What do you think one of the main things that being in the Army has taught you? Um, you're going to die anyway, so stop being a pussy and face your problems. <laughs> well. Stand up straight. No, that's true. Stand up, stand up straight. It's going to suck. Like, it's a reflection of, of life, and it's, it's a reflection of how chaotic it can be and how beautiful it can be if you persevere through the chaos yes yes and, and it, like the army you know they don't feed us nothing no no crazy gourmet food but it's like no matter what you're eating if you've worked all day to get to it it becomes more valuable when you do mm -hmm. eat it and, and that's that's life not everything you know you could have had a long day like I was stuck out in this truck yesterday because of the storm. We talked about that before this. Right. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing too special about my apartment. But I know when I get back there tonight, I'm going to treat You know? But that, that's that's what it's teaching me. It's like when you, when you work for something, no matter how good or how great the reward is, it becomes that much more bigger because you've earned it. And whatever you gotta do to earn it is gonna suck. So stop being a pussy and deal with it because you're gonna die anyway. But off dying a winner than dying a coward. Um, very true. That, that is very true. And I think 
because a lot of people are so afraid that they just they just freeze. They're so afraid they won't, they won't even do anything. Like they're so afraid to fail that, that they will do nothing and just let whatever opportunity they have roll by. And you failure has a failure has a safety net. It has a safety net and misery has a safety net and self pity. People will rather get people will rather get used to failing than to get bad at winning. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be a bad winner than a good failure. Like I wouldn't want to get so good that I'm always losing that it becomes common and then I become a fearful person. But I'd rather be bad at failing but bad at winning. So by the time I do win something, it is worth it. Is worth it. Um, but this is a therapist that I listen to uh, named uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. He has a book. There's a book I bought. It's really about uh, adulthood. It's called uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Okay. It's like 15 books on Amazon. And one of the things she said was um, when you're talking about people getting frozen up by failure, you have to analyze your future and you have to say the thing that I'm scared of, am I more scare, scared of that than I am scared of the life that I'm going to have if I don't overcome that? Right. You know? So you say, where, uh, let's say somebody's goal is to lose weight, right? And they're scared of injuring themselves and they're scared of being embarrassed at the gym. And then those are the two fears. And then they need to weigh being scared of injuring themselves and scared of being embarrassed. And they have to weigh those with dying at 40. Right. Like, yeah. More scared of. Scarier. You know what I'm yeah, absolutely. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I scared of, you know, dying at 40 or 45 than I am just dealing with a little bit of embarrassment and maybe risking some energy, some, some injuries? Which ones are you more scared of? You know what I mean? And so there's nothing wrong with having fears, but you need to analyze them. You need to pick your fears. You need to figure out which one is worth more. And that is going to be the thing because I'm like I, I would I would I would rather be more scared of the goal than I am of being scared of starting a goal. And you won't start, you won't do anything. So pick your fears. And you can't stop them, but you you need to pick which which one's most important. And that'll probably get you a little bit past it. If you if you figure that the fear of bigger than being embarrassed, then then I that would get you over the embarrassment part. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I'm looking at what's more important. So I don't think you should like just try to act like fear doesn't exist. I think you should just use it. You have to figure out how to use it to your advantage because you can use your weaknesses to your advantage in that one way. Definitely, because if you don't if you don't work through the fear, then you're just gonna be you're just gonna be afraid all of your life. And that's the last thing that you ever want. Well, you're not living if you're yeah. if you're afraid all your you're never living. You're you're in this constant state of anxiety, worrying about what people think, if you're good enough, 
if you're going to be accepted, can you win? Are you enough? You just you won't have any self-esteem. You'll just be scared of where you go. Absolutely. What so what so um we talked about the army. So what so what do you think the biggest thing that you learned from teaching karate and from taking karate? Um, the one thing, the biggest thing I learned about teaching karate is everybody has to get it when they're ready. It clicks for everybody at different times. Yes. Um, okay. And and that's where the instructor's patience has to come in. He is the guide to help the individual find their inner warrior. And no matter how hard you train them, no matter how hard they train, you cannot make it click for them and they can't make it click for them. It's something that just naturally has to happen when they come into bloom on their own. You just got to be patient and stick with them, you know, and try to inspire them to stick with it. So learning that things don't click for people as fast as you may want it to. So you, that's that's a level of patience that I have to learn. And then um, is, so it's interesting when you see you're growing up and you see a martial arts film and you hear concepts in the film and you don't think that they're real because it's in a movie. And right. then over years of training, you actually learn the concept and you're like, <laughs> so the concept is valuable. Yes, absolutely. To me, that I learned was, was um, in the Matrix when Neo and Mo and Morpheus were talking and he was basically explaining to him in the first movie that you're the one, you're going to be able to do all these unimaginable things. And he says, so you said I could dodge bullets. And then Morpheus response was when you're ready, you don't have to be. Mm. And that was like superhuman to me. Right. Like I was like, Oh man, that's like Superman. Like he could be asleep. If somebody shoot him, he's always ready. You can't, penetrate through his chest because he's Superman. So um, the the concept of when you're ready, you don't have to be. When you are skilled, when you are aware, when you are humble, when you are moving positively in the right direction, you kind of avert danger before it gets to you. You stave off danger before it gets to you. When it does come to you, you're so aware that you've seen so many footprints before the threat has actually made it in your vicinity. Yeah. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like an invisible man in the snow, right? Like you don't see him, but you see his footprints. Mm -hmm. And then by the time he appears right in front of you, you already was aware of his presence. Yes. So the more you train, the more you become aware of the threat before it even gets closer to you. So in essence, when you're ready, you don't have to be. Like, if somebody touches me, like, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive physically, so I know, like, if the if the touch is a threat or if the touch is love, you know what I mean? Like, hey, how you doing? You know, that was a good job, or it's come this way, or I'm about to do something to you. And it doesn't matter how hard or how fast or how soft the touch is, like, I, I perceive the threat spiritually, because... Throughout the training, that's the level of awareness you get. It's not just awareness; it's 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 kind of a a, a warrior consciousness. And 
to ask a lion when the lion is ready to hunt is a dumb question. It's always ready to hunt. When they're ready, they don't have to be because they're lions. They're always it. You feel what I'm saying? So when you become a warrior, you're always it. So when there's a threat, you're always ready because it's that's right up your lane. You know what I mean? But you have to become a warrior first. So that was the concept that I learned as far as practicing, which actually kind of came true from seeing the movie. And I was like, that sounds cool. That's a, that's a, that's a cool line. But when, when I felt it, like I, I experienced it the first time when I pulled a sword out on my teacher <laughs> coming out the bathroom. Oh my God. What? I used to play free. No. And um, I pulled a sword out and I went to cut. And he he blocked the sword, razor blade sword with his hand. And um he didn't he didn't when the sword came, he didn't tap directly into the blade because it just would have split his flesh. Right. He in his fucking matrix vision, right? When the sword, when the blade came, he came across the top of it and chopped it down on the flat end. But when you looked at it, it looked like he just blocked it. That's how fast it was. And he did like this and he popped it and he popped it back. So on the naked eye, it just looked like he popped the sword. You know what I mean? But he was so quick that he he popped the top end of the sword on the flat side and pushed it out the way and then hit me in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you deserve that. <laughs> there was nothing that he, there was nothing that could have prepared him for opening a door and seeing a blade swing to his face. No, you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> when you're ready, you don't have to. That was the first time I witnessed it, and then uh, uh, the first time I experienced it was um, when we had brought this ex-con into the classroom and. Uh, my, he was there for like three weeks and then eventually he wanted to spar and I never wanted to spar this dude because <laughs> I was just like he'd been in real fights I was like a purple bull or something and um and he was punching and um and I was scared of him but uh it was one time when my teacher said stop and when my teacher said stop I stopped immediately right. and I stopped and before I knew it there was a punch coming and I just looked at it and I just just curved it down but I wasn't in combat mode anymore because my teacher told me to stop. Right. You know? um, but I didn't feel any fear. I didn't feel any urgency. It was like a spidey sense. And it was just like, but the punch was coming at full speed. So that was the first time I experienced it. Whereas I did something without thinking about it and without even realizing it, it, it was happening. Right. My body took over um, where my mind wasn't aware. So when you're ready, you don't have to be. You can do things that you don't actually perceive that you can do. So that was the concept I learned. Wow. That's insane. Like that, you know, but it's so true. And the same thing goes for if you're an artist, if you're a dancer, like if you practice long enough, but you you can forget everything. Um, you don't need a routine. But your body you can take over. <laughs> I definitely would not say body took over for real because I was like, I couldn't remember nothing. I'm so stressed out. But, you know, and so it, it's funny that that concept that um, can carry over, for, carry over for so many different things. And it has to for karate. It's not a martial arts concept. It's a, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a conscious awareness concept between the body and the spirit. The spirit yeah. is actually 
perceiving the threats and perceiving the blessings and seeing everything before the body even catches on to it. Absolutely. So the spirit has to get the body ready for it. You know what I mean? The best that it can. So the more you're in tune with your spirit, the more prepared you are to adapt. You know? Yeah. As you've seen it on TV where there's been like a duet dancing and then somebody forgot their moves, but the other person just kept moving and they kept it, they kept it flowing and it helped that person compensate until they got it back together. And you just got to be one with your craft in order to be able to do that. And that can be in the craft. Yeah, because your body has to be ready for that. <laughs> Because you're like, what do you mean you forgot your step? Okay. And you just your body just takes over. That's the only yeah. way to be able to get through that is that your body yeah, can be trained you know, to do that, though. When your body takes over, mm -hmm. that's you. That's actually you. Not a lot. A lot of people get to experience the real them. You know, we you, you experience the real you in crisis. You know, whoever you are, you never really experience the real you when things are perfect. It's when a crisis happens, and that's who you are. You know, if you're if you're courageous, you're courageous. If you're a coward, you're a coward. Whatever may happen, like at that moment, that's you. If that if that came out and you started moving and you started flowing with the music or whatever, well, mm -hmm. that's who that's that's who you are at that moment, that's and it came out for the world to see. Yeah, a perfect example is that I was we were moving furniture or something and my mom um had like lost her strength and the the couch was like was like coming down on her she she had fell out actually she was like just falling out and the on the back porch and so like I don't even know where it came from I swear but I picked the couch up and just threw it over the banister like this the strength of God literally came out of me and I was like and I just got it over and that was uh, concerned about how she was doing you know what i mean like when you are in the moment strength is coming from. so people so make sure you guys follow yomi at ultimate beast primus on instagram are you on twitter as well or just instagram no i need to give me a twitter you do need to get you a twitter you don't need to do that mm -hmm. yeah. you need to do that <laughs> so make sure you guys follow you yomi thing, bro, man. that just it's just seen by the world, you know. <laughs> uh, and I like to write. Twitter don't let you write that many. How many characters will let you write? Characters. You can put a video up there. You can put a picture. You can do a live stream. You will be okay. Trust. You can do okay. tweets and all that kind of stuff. The 45 can use Twitter. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give me a Twitter. <laughs> and if you guys want to come out to the show, uh, I'm going to drop the flyer up on this post. Yes, definitely. Yes, drop the flyer um, on this post. Make sure that you put the link in for the tickets and all that fun stuff as well. I will. I need to get back to work. So I will. No, no, I'll, drop, I'll, drop, I'll drop a battle in the uh, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, I'll drop all your links in the comments. So you guys, make sure you guys go check out the comments. He's gonna have all of his links in there, so you can follow and support, like, comment, share, all that fun. I know you gotta get back to work, so I will talk to you soon. Thank you again, Yomi. Yeah, we gotta do this again when I have more time. I know you guys be coming back to the studio. How about that? Yeah, this, this is a cool intro. You know what I'm saying? And this can uh, this can feel. We can have some more topics to talk about. But yes. I appreciate coming on to the show. Of Everybody course. that's listening and watching, I appreciate you guys. Much love. Take care. Bye. Next legacy.
love American music. Have you ever heard of The Turkey Fought Back, Twerking with a Twang, or A Song About Us? Tonight is your radio is now sponsored by UncleRyanO.com. You can check out all of these incredible international hits and grab some phenomenal merch at www.UncleRyanO.com. They have gear for the entire family. T-shirts, hoodies, koozies, travel mugs, mouse pads, and so much more. That's www.UncleRyanO.com. Tell them Denai is your sent you. Next Legacy.